Hello and welcome back to There's More to the History. I'm Sophie, your host, and we are on episode 5 of season 1 today. I'm so excited. Uh, Today's episode is on the one and only Catherine the Great, my favorite Russian historical figure ever, because she managed to be a total badass without seeming like a badass, which makes her even more of a badass. She was also super slutty and had, like, so many myths surrounding her reign and her death especially. Can't wait to get into that with you, so let's get started. Catherine the Great was Empress of Russia. She was born in 1729 in Germany, and she died in 1796 when she died as Empress. Uh, So what's really cool about Catherine the Great is that she was an enlightened despot. So things in Europe were starting to get chaotic. You've got the French Revolution coming up. You've got all these great minds like Hobbes and Diderot and John Locke and Frederick the Great writing all of these intellectual, philosophical pieces that were calling into question the power of the monarchy. So what Catherine the Great did was she had to centralize all of the power in her hands. So she had control over everything. That way it would help to curb any revolts that were starting to uprise because um, she was just so centralized and she had everything under control and her finger on everything, that life without her would be very difficult for the Russian people. So as an enlightened despot, she did a really spectacular job at like staying on top of the ball and being like, "Mm, you don't want to, you know, revolt like the French because look look what's going to happen to you. Everything here is good. I'm in charge. Life's good. Uh, So that was about Catherine. Europe was really changing. You had all of these scientific discoveries and all these great philosophers writing all of these like super intense pieces that everyone says they have read, but they have not. Guilty as charged. Uh, So Catherine was a German princess and she was actually born as Princess Sophie Frederick Auguste of Anhalt Zerbst. And she was, even though she was a princess, she did not come from a lot of money. Her family was quite poor for monarchy, but they did use, they had lots of powerful family members and they used those, especially Catherine's mother. Uh, Catherine's mother was a nosy, spying, conniving bitch. She tried very hard to get in the center of all of the court drama and stir up shit, basically. She was awful. Um, in fact, everyone hated her so much that Catherine's mother-in-law, Empress Elizabeth, banned Catherine's mother from court, which is, you know, pretty insane. She was a lot of stuff in Russia. Uh, so Catherine was, Catherine met her future husband, Peter, Peter III, at age 10. And she hated him from the get-go. He was playing with toys. He was basically an alcoholic at the age 10, which disgusted Catherine because she was a very devout Lutheran. And part of her family's issue with Catherine becoming empress and marrying into the Russian royal family was that she was going to have to renounce her Lutheran faith and she was going to have to convert to Russian Orthodox and her family was super against it. Her father never actually forgave her for it. So it was just like a messy time because daddy says don't convert but you've got the empress of Russia being like you gotta convert or you're not getting the throne. 
And while Catherine didn't necessarily want to marry Peter, she wanted the throne, and her mother made sure of the fact that she really needed the throne. Her mom was like, I don't want to call her a Kris Jenner, but kind of a Kris Jenner, like stuck her foot in the door and was just like way more dramatic and not as smooth as Kris Jenner, but rough. So Peter and Catherine marry. Catherine changes her name from Sophie to Catherine and converts into the Russian Orthodox Church. Catherine was extremely dedicated to being Russian. She made sure she was practicing the language fluently, made sure she became religious and converted immediately, and she was super dedicated to making sure that she was doing everything she could to be, like, Russian so no one could hang it over her. Anyway, so her marriage with Peter was a shit show. She hated him from the beginning. She hated him when they got married. Uh... They both had lovers during the course of their marriage, which was pretty spectacular because both were quite open about it, including Catherine, who was bearing children. She bore two children with her husband. She bore a son, Paul. She bore a daughter who passed away, uh, like, decently young. Anyway, so she, she had lovers. Her husband had lovers, and they were super open about it. But because Catherine hated Peter so much, she slowly started building a anti-Peter network where she befriended her husband's mistress's sister. Are you following? Homeboy was cheating on her with a hoe. She befriended the hoe's sister, who also hated Peter, and introduced Catherine to more Peter haters. And from there, things got a little bit complex for Peter. So, uh, Empress Elizabeth dies, leaving Peter the new emperor, the new czar. So, Peter was not a good czar. He was in charge for six months, and towards the end of his reign, his darling wife cooed him. She, yep, she ousted him from power. So, she was planning a coup. Things are going super swimmingly, you know, Haha, ha, I'm going to depose my husband, take his place, even though I'm not Russian, I'm going to be a Russian empress. I mean, good for her. If you can do it, why not? So uh, she's planning a coup. One of her co-conspirators is arrested and word gets back to Catherine, who immediately launches her plan into action. She riled up Russian troops to support her from her husband, who was a dick and a half and had a very abrasive personality. So... She riles up the soldiers, they protect her, she overthrows her husband. And when she overthrows her husband, the one thing Catherine is not credited enough for was the fact that she made Peter sign an abdication. So technically, Peter abdicated and then she took the, like, so the way she did it was that without Peter signing an abdication, while he was still alive, people could question the validity of her rule. So she made him sign an abdication saying that Catherine is now empress and I resign. It's all hers. Except Peter, Peter, Peter. See, this is why you don't be an ass, people. Uh, Peter died 10 days after his wife outsided him from his emperor position. He actually died at the hands of Catherine's lover's brother. So she's cheated on him with a manhoe. And Manhole's brother offs Peter. And uh, 
He was a court favorite. He was one of the Orloff brothers, who we're going to talk about later. He was a court favorite and part of the coup, and no one has been able to confirm if this has been Catherine's orders or out of his own loyalty. Anyway, Peter's life gets not so tragically cut short, loses the throne, then dies. She, and she like kept her cool about this. She denied having anything to do with his murder, um, cause it was straight up cold-blooded murder, like girl had it going on. In her defense, I would just like to say that Peter truly was a dick and was playing with toy soldiers while he was emperor, like at age like 25 or something. Like dude, put on your big boy pants, go rule like one of the biggest empires in Europe, but that's fine. So homeboy gets assassinated. She handles it like a pro, takes over, and then becomes empress. So Catherine as an empress, she was pretty spectacular. She was very Western-minded, but still managed to reinforce Russian notions. And she had a belief that, you know, you could fix, quote-unquote, you could fix the Russian people by giving them Western ideals. So she was a huge patron of arts and of culture. She was friends with Diderot and Voltaire and had all of these, like, intellectual minds, like, writing to her. And she was communicating with them. With them. Salons were making an appearance and... She was great. Um, she also knew that because times were changing so quickly, especially in places like France with the revolution, that she had to be super careful about what she was doing. So s Russian serfs always had it real bad, like scum of the earth bad. You have to feel awful for them because reading about the, their lives is just horrible. Anyway, so serfs had it bad, and Catherine, and because one, she just didn't want to deal with it, and two, because she knew she had to have their support because if there was a revolt, she'd be done for. So Catherine gives them a little bit more leeway, a little, like, some rights where they can petition against their owners. And if they're being owned illegally, they can leave. So she gives them a little bit more wiggle room while not, like, actually paying attention to them. It pacified the serfs enough where they weren't, like, constantly trying to revolt. They did try to revolt against her but not like always, and it wasn't like a huge thing. Um, so while Catherine is ruling, her son Paul is becoming more and more popular in some circles, and she's got legit like threats to her throne from her son, who also hated his mother. Uh, he was separated from her at a young age, and Catherine didn't particularly give a shit about him. He didn't give a shit about her. She didn't even raise him, so like they were kind of enemies. I mean, that's really gotta suck. Can you imagine me like, your mom, I want to kill you and take your crown. Must have been a good time. Nothing like some therapy that would have fixed half of Europe's problems, I swear to God. So, uh, Paul is, like, starting to build up troops and, like, popular support against her. So Catherine, like, really had to deal with that and really make sure that she was squashing those and squashing any issues with the serfs. Uh, she did not have it early, and foreign affairs were also at, like, a very tight rope at this point. There was Russo-Turkish wars, Russo-Persian wars. Western Europe was, like, in, like, tatters, essentially. Poland was being partitioned, and she had a lot to do with the partition of Poland. And as a Polish person, I'm not too fond of Catherine for that, but whatever. I'll let it slide. So... 
she had a lot going on and things were very rough and rocky for Russia during this time. But she did keep herself occupied with a multitude of lovers and this is like the good stuff. So she actually was, well, no, she wasn't the mistress because he was single. Uh, the future Polish king, Stanisław Poniatowski, was her lover. They had a kid together and when the king of Poland died, Catherine backed Stanisław as the next ruler and then ended up like totally screwing him in the partitions of Poland, but that's fine. Um, so yeah, she basically placed him on the throne and like had his back and she was openly cheating on her husband with him. That's okay. Homeboy leaves to go back to Poland, then swoops in Grigory Orlov. Remember the name I said earlier, the Orlov brothers? Yeah. So this is the brother that was getting it on with the queen. Apparently the other brother was too, but Grigor is more important. So uh, Grigor's brother offed Peter, and she was banging him while she was still married. They had a kid together while she was still married. Like, see, this is what I mean. She got away with a lot. Uh, he was super useless at politics, though. He was basically just a boy toy that she kept around for her amusement and distractions, and when she had an itch that needed scratching, uh, she initially had tried to consult with him on foreign policy and battle plans and politics, and he was just useless. And his family, there was a lot of Orlov brothers, his family hugely benefited from him banging the queen. Um, they supposedly had a child as well. I said that already, sorry. So uh, he's banging the queen, things are looking really good, until the queen finds out, the empress, sorry, the empress finds out he's cheating on her. So he's, you know, kicked out of court real quick. No one cheats on the empress, especially not Catherine. She was a very strong-willed and thick-headed and, like, ready-to-go kind of lady. So, he cheats on her. He's gone. She moves on to Grigory Potemkin. Uh, Grigory Potemkin was kind of the yang to Grigory Orlov's yang. Potemkin was super, super good at military things. That's initially how their affair started. She took him on and was like, hi, I'm having issues. My son's trying to overthrow me. I need you to help me plan things with the military and preserve my power. So he was her right hand through all of that and continued to do so through their affair. Um, unfortunately, he, I mean, I don't know about unfortunately, he did die. She was, I, I mean, obviously he died. He died pretty quick. Uh, so she was super concerned with him not finishing his job as her military man. She didn't even care that he died that much. She was more concerned that he didn't uh, set up all of the powers and like military powers and have everything ready to go in case there was an attack on her power and her reign. So he died. She's not too heartbroken about it. But then Catherine herself starts to get older and starts to get sicker. She was, I wanna say, she was 67 when she died. So she, you know, for the 1700s, it's pretty old. I mean, not by now standards, but by 1700s, it's pretty old. So she was having issues with her health, and she wakes up one morning, and is like, oh, that was the best sleep I've had in months. And uh, a few hours later, she is found on the floor, and Catherine had a stroke. 
She never recovered from the stroke and died a couple days later. Um, so rumor is, there's two rumors. One, which is probably not true, but I will love it anyway. The first rumor is that Catherine died because she was having sex with a horse. And the horse was supposedly suspended above her and the suspension system broke and the horse fell on her and that's how she died. She died being crushed to death by a horse while having sex with the horse. And the second rumor is that she pulled an Elvis and died on the toilet. That one is probably more plausible because she was found in her washroom, but even then it's probably not even not true, but for my sake, we're all just gonna say she died having sex with a horse because that is the most fan-fucking-tastic thing I've ever heard. Just like imagine being known for- just imagine ruling a country for like 40 years and then dying and having people think that you died because you were having sex with your horse. It's just mind-boggling. It's fantastic. So, Catherine dies, her son takes over, but he's not very popular. He gets offed after about five years in, off in office. Five years as emperor. Uh, so, you know, things kind of suck for him, but that's okay. He was as awful as his father. So, Catherine dies, Paul dies, it's just- and then Russian history kind of spirals from there. The Romanovs are- in charge and will continue to be in charge until they are offed in the October Revolution of 1918. So, whatever. Let's not go there. That's like 200 years of intense imperialistic history we're not going to get into. Anyway, I hope you liked this episode. I love talking about this. Catherine was a badass but didn't seem like a badass she somehow managed to, to spread her reign and her power and influence all over the russian empire like keep it relatively together considering things were not together at all in europe at this point in time so she did pretty damn good i must say so uh yeah i hope you liked it if you have any questions, comments, let me know. Um, you can find my contact info on the website. There's more to the history.wordpress.com. I will be there checking my emails, checking my Twitter. Please listen to my episodes. This is for a class so far, and I could really use, you know, the listeners to make me look like I'm really good at this. So please, for the sake of my grade, help me out. Uh, I will be start restarting the series so i will go through henry the eighth i'm gonna make the episodes a little bit longer so i can talk about more things i might do like one episode per wife that way you guys get some more information that way i get to nerd out some more it'll be a grand time uh thank you for listening have a good week folks i'm out